0: Learn Persian with Chai Conversation, Rumi's Divanesho, an introduction with Thadid Shafinuri. Salam We're here with Farid Shafi Nuri to talk about a really lovely roomy poem. Salam Farid John. For those of you who have been with us for a long time, Farid is a long, long, long time friend of the show. He wrote and composed our theme music. Uh, we've done several uh, poetry lessons together and a lot of collaborations together. So I'm excited um, after a few years of a hiatus to be back doing this poetry lesson together. So thank you so much Spide, for doing this.
1: It's good to be back, Layla. It's good to be back with all of your lovely listeners.
0: Yeah, so we're calling this series, this is the first of the series, called the Radif Retreat Series. So first of all, tell us what is Radif Retreat?
1: Radif Retreat is my online school of classical Persian music. It's the online institute of classical Persian music, and we call it the Radif retreat because radif is the name of the immaculate collection of persian rhythms and melodies and a 12 series of modal system that we have and uh, classical persian music is at the heart of it and retreat we call because we get together once or twice a year in beautiful locations and we study and we create music and we have a concert by the end of the week so it's a year long program and it's lovely to bring it to and conversation finally.
0: That's right. And Fayed and I have had a very long history of collaboration and what we do goes really well together. So the the music classes that Fayed has are all about community connection and understanding culture through music, through poetry. And that goes hand in hand with what we do at Chayan Conversation, which is exactly the same goals. Community building, learning this culture, this beautiful culture through the language. So this uh, Radi for Treat series of poetry is another collaboration together so that we can pursue these same goals. (laughs) So that's wonderful. So um, either you are watching this uh, as a video or you're listening to it as an audio lesson. But if you can see on my screen, we have a booklet that Fadid put together for his show this last summer in summer of 2022 at the Getty Museum, where he put several Rumi poems to music. He translated them, produced this booklet. Uh, can you tell us more about this Getty show?
1: Yeah, it was an honor to, to work with the Getty Museum in Los Angeles. And this last summer, I was invited to be a part of a a series called Persia After Hours. We were actually the first musicians to to play at the Getty Villa and their outdoor uh, Greek Roman amphitheater, and uh, it was a lovely, lovely evening with uh, a beautiful community of Iranians and non-Iranians coming to celebrate our culture, but also celebrate uh, what our culture has always stood for, which is an essence of radical inclusion and love and Every time we read Rumi's poetry, we always feel this unabashed sense of falling in love all over again. And my goal was to bring this message of love and inclusion through the words of Rumi, through music and dance. And uh, we were happy to to get together that night with uh, all of Los Angeles.
0: And with your graphic designer, you put together this book as well. Can you say who's your graphic designer, who's also a longtime collaborator of yours? Oh,
1: yeah. Yeah. And. And also, Kurush Baikpur, which is a dear, dear friend of mine, Uh, him and I have been working together for almost a decade, where he's done these beautiful graphics uh, uh, that bring my work to life on paper. As you can see here, this booklet uh, called Mashul, or Beloved, which was the name of the show, Uh, he has done a beautiful job with calligraphy, and I'm sure if you uh, look through the entire booklet, you'll see the immaculate, uh, detail work that he does.
0: And as an introduction to this poem that we're going to be going over today, and an introduction to uh, why Rumi was so such a central figure to this series, could you read uh, the introduction to the show that you have in the beginning of the book?
1: Throughout history, there have been beacons who light the way for others to follow. Rumi is one of them. He writes of a limitless, eternal love that is all-encompassing and void of judgment. His yearning for the beloved mirrors our most basic yearnings for love, for the awe and majesty of nature, and for the deepest, most intimate relationships we cultivate throughout our lives. Centuries of classical Persian poetry have explored this boundless love, this concert, is dedicated to this ancient wisdom that still survives and reverberates today. Let's celebrate a history of inclusion, documented through poetry, and live in the spirit of the now, embracing the essence of unabashed love.
0: And you use that word inclusion and all-encompassing a lot. Uh, What did you mean by that? Can you expand on that a little?
1: Well, the concept of the beloved, whenever we come up, when we hear that word uh, in Rumi or in Hafez or Saadi, um, it really evokes this feeling that this is a lover. This is a physical form lover, lover, like a girlfriend or a boyfriend or someone that you think they're having a romantic relationship with. But yet the way that it's expressed, it also has a divinity behind it. So the personification of the love for the divine through a physical relationship and how they're one in the same, really brings about this essence of inclusion and not j- non-judgment. So for me, I dedicated this message of Rumi and the month, the Pride Month of June last uh, summer, to bring about this this air of of non-judgment and allowing people to be and love whoever they want to love, and to use Rumi as that radical acceptance that radical relinquishing of the self and and devotion of this love and not allowing society to make you feel otherwise. So uh, for me bridging these words of of Rumi to today's society and our today's problems as we see in Iran woman life freedom is the the slogan the words that has taken all of our hearts and minds with it and and I believe that this is you know, been in our culture. We have been a free and proud people and our, our poetry is there to show that.
0: Wonderful. Absolutely. So then to introduce today's poem. So this is Tasnife Oshar. And first, let's talk about the title of the poem. And also, you yourself translated the works uh, in this booklet. So you translated the works of Rumi. Can you tell us a little bit about your translations?
1: Well, my, my translations oftentimes take on uh, the form of a pro where I'm sort of like slam poetry, just going off on a, on a long sentence, just image after image, and trying to express the, the width of, of these metaphors and the, the dual meanings behind them. But sometimes they're also very lyrical. So in Rumi's case, uh, I can go either one or two ways. I have, I have two of his poems that I've translated in this specific, po- in this booklet. Where one of them is in a form of a pro and the other is very lyrical because of that uh, repetition and, and the, the rhythmic essence that, that goes behind his trance like way of creating poetry. So um, I think the poem that you have chosen for us to talk about today is uh, Tasnifa Oshav. And, and the word Tasnif uh, I have in the footnotes of this booklet as, as a term uh, referring to a ballad. And Oshag is the plural form of A-Sheikh. al is another way of saying the lovers. Oshag is a more classical term and a more an older term for to say the lovers.
0: Wonderful. And so what we'll be doing in this lesson is that Thaid will be reading the Persian. I will be reading his translation right afterwards, and we'll talk about the essence and meaning behind the poem. In subsequent lessons, I'll be going over the poem word by word phrase by phrase, and teaching you how to use the words and phrases in this poem in everyday conversation. So it is my favorite way to teach the Persian language, and uh, it's also, uh, with, with talking with Taid, we're also going to learn about the musicality of the poem, the rhythm of the poem, and that's going to really add to our understanding of the poem as well. So without further ado, let us go to the poem Tasnife Oshak. Dear lovers, it's time to let go of your games. Be crazy, be
1: crazy, I say.
0: Enter your heart's inferno. Be the moth to the flame.
1: ہم خیش را کن
0: Abandon this loveless society vacate your homes of
1: shame بیا با Ham
0: Join all of the other lovers live with the insane
1: رو Askinaho.
0: Go and wash your heart. Wash your heart of any grudgeful pain.
1: Vonga sharab eshro peimanisho, peimanisho.
0: Do not just drink the wine of the lovers. Be also the chalice that it contains.
1: Baoyad ke jomle jan shavi, ha laayeq janan shavi.
0: Do not just mingle with the Spirit. Allow the Beloved to flow through your veins. For if you approach these drunkards down at the taverns, go and be drunk. Be drunk, I say.
1: It's truly the only way to approach a drunkard down at the tavern. <laughs> we know this at our uh, Austin uh, local Justine's bar. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's right. Okay, so so tell us just the general idea. I, I think as, as someone who just hears the poem, first of all, I he- hope you heard all that repetition that was happening as if you're just going in this circle. It's a little hard when uh, we keep interrupting it with the English translation, but uh, Fadid, what are your initial things that you want us to notice about this poem?
1: Well, uh, to throw back to our first Rumi poem you and I did, Ruzo Shab, we remember that there was this repetition within that poem. So this is really a hallmark characteristic of how Rumi draws in his listeners through this trance that he creates with the repetition. If we can just focus, for example, the endings of these of these lines: divanisho, divanisho, parvanisho, parvanisho, hamchonisho, hamchonisho, initial Pay initial, and finally, with the last mastal initial mastal initial, so that right there uh, is part of the musicality of how lyrical these poems are. so if we start off with how we 're going to read this to really fall into a ryth- rhythm or a rhythmic cycle again, uh, these can be expressed rhythmically and in, in different ways depending on where you 're stressing in the poem. but one of the plays in classical Persian poetry is on. The consonants versus the vowels. And if you notice with my hand gesture, I tighten up with the consonant, and with the vowel I express and I elongate. So one of the ways you can really fall into the musicality of Persian classical music, we start off with the first line, and we could do this as an example. lat kun al So let's just focus on those few words. He lat So with the word "Raha," it ends with an alif. Rahal. That allows you to really express yourself and, and, and stretch that vowel. So here we're seeing that it's repeating itself. So understanding where these vowels sit within the lines with these poems. And if you read them, at first I'm sure you're going to be rusty going through it slowly. But over time, as you practice this to bring a musical sense to it, you'll notice that these vowels will pick up on the on, on themselves and you're going to fall right into it. Again with khish, now we have the yeh in the middle of the term khish. Here we're in the second uh, bait. Hamkhishra bigo nekon Ham chonero, virao nekon. Von gah bio, Ba sheron. Ham chonisho, ham chonisho. So now I'm going to keep a a meter. We're going to try this with a meter. One, two, ready, and. Kilatraho con o sheron. Divonisho, divonisho. Vandardele o tashdaro parwanesh o parwanesh o 1 2 3 4 5 6 1 2 3 4 5 6 so this falls into a 6 8 rhythm One, two, three, four, five, six. One, two, three, four, five, six. 3 4 5 6 1 2 3 4 5 6 ham khish ra vigane ham khane ra virane kon van gah biya ba ashqan ham khanesh o ham khanesh o peymanesh o peymanesh o So here you you notice how the rhythm really just pops out after you you focus on where these vowels are and where the consonants sort of close in.
0: Yeah, that wasn't what I was expecting (laughs) when you started the rhythm. That's interesting. So I think for someone who doesn't understand the language at all, you can listen to what Fayed was saying. Just understanding the rhythm of this, and you you get a sense of the poem uh, a bit, even if you don't understand all the words. And that's that's one of the beauties of it. And this has been also sung on by a lot of different singers as well, right?
1: Yes, it's been it's it's one it's a very famous poem uh, of Rumi, and actually one of the more uh, memorable versions was sung by. Uh, a Tajiki artist from Tajikistan, mm. and with his most endearing and sweet uh, accent, ah. his t- a Tajiki accent, they sing this very beautifully.
0: Which, yeah, we'll link to that too, so that you can listen to it. Uh, but going into the language aspect, let's l- let's read the first line. There's a lot to talk about language-wise in this poem. So, f- can you read just that first line again?
1: He lat <laughs> Divanisho, Divanisho, Vandardele, oh, sorry. Well, okay,
0: so even, no, no, just that first line. So let's even talk about what does the word sho mean? Like, Divanisho, what does that mean? We see that all throughout this poem. So let's start there.
1: So the term sho is to be, to become.
0: Right, and it's shortened from bisho. So become. So you become. So it's talking about this. Well actually it's talking about the concept of Asherah. What is what does Asherah mean? You've translated it as lovers.
1: If you so dare to be a lover, then this is how you must be. You must relinquish your, your tricks, you must relinquish your games, you must relinquish your shame, you must wash your heart of all grudgeful pain. So here Rumi is, is, is addressing society. He's addressing uh people who claim to be in love, people who claim to have a relationship with the divine, people who claim to be uh, good Samaritans. And and, and again, it it can really lend itself to so many ways of understanding connection, either to the divine or to a physical love. And here, asherah really is addressing everyone.
0: So the direct translation of asherah is lovers, but we really don't have this concept in the English language, which is the first example in this poem of why it's so important to know a language or a poem in its original language. When you say "lovers" in English, it doesn't pertain to everyone. Not everyone can be a lover. Like, what is that? I guess sometimes you say like, "Oh, he's a lover, she's a lover." It, you can kind of use it in in language, but like you're saying, it's saying in this poem, "Asherah" is this class of people who have chosen to be lovers. They love.
1: Right, and, and, and for me the, the closest thing in America would be the transcendentalist movement with David Henry David Thoreau, for example. Uh, when, when I when I read Walden Pond, for example, the way he addressed society is very much similar to the way Rumi addresses society. And and this concept of, of being a lover in Persian does does really demarcate us in a way because uh, Iranians really pride themselves on being lovers. You know, and and, and not just in a physical sense or in an earthly sense, but but this uh, this connection we have with the divine, with with the essence of being in the moment, you know, um, and I and I think Rumi here is is basically saying, well, if if you if you see yourself as a lover, then you must relinquish these tricks and these these masks that you've uh, beholden yourself to, and and here in this poem, you and you see that he he goes through each line and he's he's hitting you with with a show. Basically giving right. you advice, be, be this, be giving this. Giving you
0: instruction. So then divanisho. So right now in the English language, like, so you're saying be crazy, be crazy. Uh, a lot of times, you know, they say don't use this type of language, like becoming crazy. But um, in in this poem, divanisho, the concept of being divane is not just going crazy, like men- becoming mentally ill. It's not a bad thing. It's saying it in a positive way. Become crazy. And that means losing your ego, right? You, losing your sense of self.
1: Well, it's, it's because in, in the society that we live in, uh, when you are pure to the essence of who you are, when you have become childlike, essentially, uh, you, you are honest, you are authentic, you are very much unabashed, as, as this term has been coming up. And Rumi is saying essentially it's almost a bit satirical when they say divon isho they're they're being a little bit sarcastic in the sense of like, yeah, be crazy because that's how everybody else will see you, but by being crazy, right, you're right. actually being the most authentic to yourself
0: absolutely, absolutely, okay, so now let's look at the next line
1: and here this uh, motif this metaphor of the moth to the flame appears again van so within the heart of this inferno come out as the flame essentially there is a you're so you're so uh devoted to your love that you will enter the fire of this you will burn so this this relationship of uh really plays itself out in the terms of a moth and a flame right, right. so so the flame is the mashooq which is the beloved and right. the moth is the aashiq this is why they he says be crazy be a moth to the flame because the moth all sense of like I'm about to burn leaves the Matha's mind because he's just he's so entrapped by the light, he's so in love, he's so enamored by this that nothing could get between him or her <laughs> to this devotion of of the light. So here when he says Vandar Parva initial initial it also evokes an idea of the Phoenix because you're coming out as you're coming out of the flame so here rumi is really messing with you by giving you this metaphor of the moth to the flame but he's also saying that no you're not really burning you're going to come out of the flame as the that's moth. the
0: freeing agency is being the padavanesh you par, you fly by par von isho. Then par, par is literally a wing so get wings from this flame
1: yes all absolutely. right next ham khish ra bigane ham so here he says ham khish here i've translated as abandon this loveless society vacate your homes of shame right mm-hmm. uh, but but a more literal translation is ham khish see the self as the stranger ham khish the self kon mm-hmm. stranger mm-hmm. turn turn the familiar to the stranger. It's basically saying, turn your world upside down <laughs> every every sense that you had of what was correct, turn it around, shake it up a little bit. Right, <laughs> right. and then your home, turn your home to the outside
0: ham the person ham is your roommate, like the right or is it saying ham?
1: Which
0: ham one are you ra,
1: so your oh, home oh i see okay okay yeah ham khish kon ham ra kon
0: i see okay i was taking it as ham khish and ham it, but it says ham also ham in the terms of also so ha, also yourself be gone and your home be gone.
1: but but as you know layla in persian poetry these these dual meanings exist right so you will see, uh, maybe not with this specific line, but you will see many different uh, Iranians interpreting these poems in, in ways that are somehow not congruent with one another. But, right, but right. in my interpretation, and, and as many that I've taken note from and, and I've done research, it says, Ham ikon, or khish doesn't necessarily mean yourself. It could be the people around you or the, the people that are most familiar with you. You know, or it could be your own race. It could be your own, whatever it is you're identifying with that, that you become comfortable with in your bubble, let it go and go right. be with the others. Anything so this, that has been... Destruction.
0: Yeah. This is all just about destruction. Absolutely. Like, let it go. Destruct.
1: Yeah. Let go, let go of any, let go of your comforts. Let go of your comfort zone. So if you're agoraphobic, <laughs> leave your house and go into the desert. Ham <laughs> <Okay. laughs> Ham come aha go and go and live with the uh, this is where hamkhae is someone who lives with right
0: yes, okay this is a dual meaning so hamhane in the first so ham is a word that means like also equal um and and we use it often with different words like um Hamkar is your co-worker. So it can mean co. So ham chane could be your co-liver, your housemate. So in the first part, he's saying ham even your house also be begun your house. Evict yeah, evict your house. And then in the second case, it's saying it the way I interpreted it the first time, which is ham chonisho, ham chhan go become one with the others, become a, live in the same home as the others.
1: And, and this verb, virane kardan, to, to, to be, to turn something virane, means to, basically, to go away from virane, and we see that term often used by expats of Iranians that live outside of Iran. Megan, uh, our country is now virane, meaning that what was once our khaneh is now our virane? It's the antithesis to khaneh, meaning it's no longer a home. It's it's some place that we have, we have now expelled. Or we're expelled from. We're no longer. Uh, we we don't go back to that because our house has been taken away from us. So we we see that uh, used often. So ham khishra bigane kon, ham khaneh ra vangah bia ba a ham khane ham khane
0: so this is that word again, the lovers. Ashiran, come be, come become one with the lovers. Those that class of society that has chosen love,
1: right? And, and the first line he's addressing the lovers, people who claim to be the lovers, and then in the in the second bait he's addressing to those supposed lovers that no, go live with the lovers, leave your home, leave anything that you uh, your familiarities, and go uh, to the other side.
0: All right. Okay. Next.
1: Here we have, I, my translation is, Go and wash your heart. Wash your heart of any grudgeful pain. So here when, when they say, Go to your heart. Take your heart. Ro, Go. Essentially saying, take your heart and go wash it. Now the, the concept of haft ab is seven. It's a, it's a number that he's using here. There, there is a lot of meanings behind this number seven. It, it pops up in, in the terms of the seven levels of the sky, the seven stages of heaven. Even uh, pre-Islamic, the term seven comes up in Zoroastrianism quite often as well, the different levels of heaven uh and uh that exist and, and you see this here saying haft wash your heart of the seven you must go through those seven levels stages to to really relinquish yourself of any grudge. Wash your heart, right? ha. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Kine meaning grudge. Mm-hmm. If I have a kine, that means I have a grudge.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But take the wine of love, and don't just drink it. Peymane is the cup in which you pour the wine. So here, Rumi is also saying, you must be the vessel.
0: Vessel, exactly. So, so this word you'll see it in Hava Paima, for example. Hava Paima is a vessel in the sky. So this is saying Paima Nisho become a vessel.
1: Exactly, Paima Nisho. Don't mm-hmm. just drink the wine, but be the chalice that contains.
0: Wonderful. Okay, the last
1: two lines. So this line was a more enigmatic one for me that I had to really sit with more than the others because this idea of jom lejan, to be, to be bayat, you must bayat ke, you must jom lejan shabhi, you must become jom lejan. So this idea of jom lejan, I sat with it for a little bit and I spoke to some some authorities and, and this idea means uh, jom lejan means you must discipline yourself to arrive at this purity. Jom lejan shodan, I mean the sentence of life, Jom lejan, but but here the the meaning of it i I've translated as, do not just mingle with the spirit, so something about a divine higher essence of a spirit of the self, right Boyat kem le shavi, you must essentially become the spirit, on shabi in order to be worthy of the spirit, Layev is to be worthy, man yek Hastam, I am worthy, right. Mm-hmm. And I love that line Because it's, it's saying So and, good Yeah and, and if you choose to go hang out With those that are sitting at the bar Don't go there preaching to them Of, of, of anything else Go be them Essentially many people say That if Christ were alive today he would be hanging out with those that are drinking and that are having problems in the streets and whatnot. And and essentially, I I find that this uh, is very similar. I think Rumi would have been hanging out with uh, different levels of the society that most people probably shun today.
0: Right, but yeah, it's saying you know your your garsuye suye means to um, to be in search of. Right, it's like a very um, it's a very active process of searching for these drunkards. So it's saying if you are searching for the drunkards, become drunk yourself, become drunk yourself. And that takes us back to the very first line of Divan esho, Divan esho. So Divan ishodan is losing yourself in, in craziness. Whereas Mason is losing yourself in drunkness. And they're very similar concepts in this like in this Sufi tradition that we're we're reading.
1: Yeah, because really the The truest expression of love is is uh one in which you don't hold back and you don't uh judge yourself and you live void of judgment you you go forward and and rumi here very beautifully and lyrically is bringing us into a trance and 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 maybe if if we can we can share with uh uh, our lovely listeners here of, of the actual concert in which we Absolutely. performed
0: Absolutely, That's a big part of this. We'll definitely have uh, that footage on here so that we can see the choreography. Like you said, it's all tied hand in hand, the way you sing it, um, the, the mode that you sing it in.
1: Right. Yes. And, and the booklet itself here, uh, Kurush Bakepur has done such a beautiful job with its graphics. And I'm sure we can share uh, elements of that so people can follow along. But, uh definitely, I think one of the hallmark characteristics that I think I want people to walk away from is how musical Rumi is
0: right and as you learn to memorize this poem uh, as you start to to recite this yourself and we'll have um, the audio of fadid reciting this poem um, as well with the correct rhythm on on the website so you can listen to that over and over again as you learn it, it does put you into a trance as you're reading it and you do get this sense of losing yourself as you're reading the poem, which is one of another one of the beauties of this poem.
1: Right. And, and obviously today, I, you, you had said earlier that you were surprised when it fell into a 6-8 rhythm. I, I do want to say that this can be expressed, for example, in a 7-8 rhythm. It can be expressed in a 4-4 four, four rhythm. And, and we could probably talk about these various ways of how rhythm can change uh, depending on uh, how you read something.
0: Absolutely. But yeah, the I was excited about this because I do think that the repetition, you know, the divan, this is a becoming is such an important concept in any language that you always learn the verb to be. And this is a really beautiful, beautiful example of taking that verb to be to giving commands to another person and uh, and using it to command someone to lose themselves. What better command is there than that?
1: Absolutely.
0: So as always, we are going to um, continue the lessons on this poem. We're going to go through it word by word, line by line. The more you understand the words and phrases in this poem, the more it will uncover itself to you. The more you uh, recite it, the more it, the meaning will uncover itself to you. And as Fadid started this tradition on this website of uh, read this poem in a beautiful location, send it to us, <laughs> And we have our videos of all of our students. And now we have this new uh, community group where we have videos of all of our students reading these beautiful poems, which is very exciting.
1: I'm definitely looking forward to that.
0: Yeah, so John, thank you so much for the first of our Radif Retreat lessons. And on our website, every time that you see that uh, setar symbol next to a lesson, you know that it's prom- from the Radif Retreat series that we're doing. So thank you so much, Faidjan.
1: Thank you. Thank you very much. Bye. <laughs>